Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Dog days of summer. Nah, it's just another mechanical bull day out on the range. Get on and ride. It's high noon for Monday, August 2nd, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com. And if you're having browser problems, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 194th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You thought you had everything right because you were saying the same things that all of the smart people say except there's only one problem kami as a not smart person yourself you were thoroughly unable to figure out who the actual smart people were so instead You just repeated the things you saw on television. Understand now, commie? All you've been doing for your whole commie life is telling everybody what you saw on TV. Okay? And a lot of you guys can't even understand Westworld. (laughs) You go into work, you go on the internet on Monday morning, the night after watching HBO, and you're like, hey, does anybody understand what happened on Westworld last night? I sure don't. (laughs) And then you have a conversation with some other dumb millennials, and you're like, all right, well, I sure don't understand Westworld, but let me tell you about global politics. Hey, Kami, everybody sees you. Do you understand? Everybody. You wear your mask out because you think that's a symbol of intelligence. We see you. All right. That's not a symbol of intelligence. That's a symbol of complicity. It's a sign for normal people that you are almost definitely a world class moron who will do whatever you're told. And to pretend that it's not that, you will rationalize different reasons for why you must mask up. You're saving lives, aren't you, Kami? 
That's the whole thing about communism. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about your family. You don't care about your country. All you care about is repeating the slogans so that you can impress people higher up than you and they might help you out and bring you up to that higher ground. You commies actually believe that when everything is said and done, you're going to be in the ruling class in the communist society you've created. But you're not going to be, commie. Okay? You got to understand that. If you are dumb enough to wear a mask or to support lockdowns in August of 2021, no one is going to trust you to do anything because you got rocks in your brain, commie. You got to understand that, okay? You are now trying to tell the world that everyone needs to restart all of the quote-unquote mitigation steps that did not do anything last year, and you're telling them to do that After you told them to get vaccinated and you got vaccinated and it didn't improve anything, did it? You can still get the disease. You can still transmit the disease. So what did your vaccine do, Kami? What did it do? Oh, it helped us achieve herd immunity. Oh, okay. I get it. Do you want to tell me what herd immunity is, Kami? Oh, it changes. Oh, herd immunity changes. Oh, just like the science. Okay, so herd immunity used to be like 60% and now it's 80% or it's 90% or it's 95%, depending on how effective the vaccines are, of course. So initially they were 95% effective and then they were 80% effective. And now some places they're 39% effective. So riddle me this, Kami. What's herd immunity now? Oh, you still don't know. Oh, that's strange. So you don't know what it is, but it's also your goal, which is why everybody needs to get vaccinated because it will bring us closer to herd immunity, even though you can still get the disease and still transmit the disease. So you are actually not a positive factor in the herd immunity calculation at all. Isn't that crazy? See, because herd immunity used to mean that there weren't enough people in the community, in the herd, who could still get the disease, which means there wouldn't be enough people in the community to transmit the disease to, even if you got it, all right? Now, I'm going to give you an example, Kami. Let's think about this, all right? We have a party this weekend, and I say, yes, fine, it's open, communists can come. Redeemable communists, not real communists. Real communists, if they came, would be redeemable by the end of that. If they are around me, I can guarantee you that. But let's say we have 10 people, okay? And I'm talking about in the pre-COVID times, back when herd immunity had a real definition and not just whatever commies make up now, okay? So if five people were vaccinated and three people had already had natural immunity, then there would be two people out of the 10 who could conceivably get or transmit the disease. But you know that eight of those people can't have it because the vaccine prevents them from getting it. And the antibodies, the natural immunity, also prevents them from getting it. So there's two people potentially there that could get infected with the virus. Who are those two people going to get it from? Okay, they could only get it from each other, which would mean one of them already has it. And if one of them already has it and one can spread it, then that one would have symptoms and know that they should not be going to a party. Okay, that's how herd immunity actually works. There aren't targets for the disease. The likelihood of people being in a place where most of the people there are infected and could create an outbreak is very, very low based on the number of people who have natural immunity or immunity through a vaccine, okay? But if the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting the disease or transmitting the disease, then what we really have at the party is three people who have already had it, 
five people who got vaccinated, but their vaccine doesn't do anything as far as herd immunity goes. So now you have seven out of 10 people able to get or transmit the disease. The vaccine in that case has achieved nothing. Okay, so here's the thing, commies. You guys think everyone needs to get vaccinated so that you can achieve herd immunity. The problem is you have no idea what herd immunity is and the vaccine doesn't help you reach it. That's the situation we're actually dealing with right now. So stop telling other people to get the vaccine and stop telling them to wear masks because masks don't do anything and stop telling them to lock down because lockdowns don't do anything. The only purpose of the lockdown initially, initially, right? Do you remember this? Two weeks. What were we going to do? We were going to slow the spread, right? We were going to bend the curve. Do we all remember bending the curve? What were we bending the curve for? Was that so we could crush the disease? Nope. That's not what that was for. That was so we could preserve hospital capacity. But hospital capacity was never the issue. I'm not saying hospitals didn't get a large caseload at some point anywhere. I'm sure that happened here and there. No one was ever triaged for care. So the hospitals never actually exceeded their capacity. You all understand that, right? It doesn't matter how scary the pictures you saw on the news were, and it doesn't matter how many articles you read about how ICUs were at 96% of their capacity. Oh my God, what if there's another pandemic? Then they might be over. No, no, Kami, that didn't happen, okay? People were not triaged for care. That didn't happen, which means... Ipso facto presto changeo. The curve was flattened. All right. That's what flattening the curve was for. That's what we were told lockdowns do. Do lockdowns do that? Eh. Maybe for a very, very short amount of time. But the truth is we didn't even really do a lockdown. That's not what happened. And we should stop calling it that. Okay. People would say that, oh, I was quarantining. Oh, you were. Were you vacationing while you were quarantining too, Kami? Oh, you were working from home. That must have been hard. All of these people saw other people. All right? You did, Kami. Everyone else you know did. In fact, you had your little COVID pod, didn't you, Kami? And everyone in your little six-person pod or ten-person pod, they all stuck just with your pod. You had your quarantine pod, and you guys all potted together. Except when one or two of you would be hanging out with another quarantine pod, too. In fact, all of you had a couple of pods. But it was fine because all of those were pod people too. And none of them would ever lie about it. They would never break it. They would never go on a date. They would never go on vacation. They would never go to any sort of risky environment. Well, hey, listen, pod, I've got to tell you guys, <laughs> I was in a risky environment about nine days ago and I'm fine. So don't worry. And then all your little pod members are like, yeah, I was in a risky environment too. Thank God we're in this pod or else we might all be sick. And if we were all sick, then we could all be killing somebody's grandmother. Good job, commies. You did it so well. See, here's the thing, commies. If you are part of a society that doesn't believe the rules apply to them, then you don't act in accordance with the rules. OK, which creates a moral crisis because you're trying to have those rules enforced on other people, even though you won't enforce them on yourselves. That's the first problem. But the second problem, 
And I think that this is something that even you child brain communists can understand. Is that the reason you don't care about those rules is because you know they're arbitrary and they don't make sense. All right. So you can either give up that the rules make sense or or and here's the best deal I can offer you, Kami. You have to give up the idea that covid is actually very deadly and very scary. Okay, so you either know the rules don't work and don't do anything to help with covid or you know that covid isn't as serious as you're pretending. It's only those two options, Kami. Otherwise, you're just saying that you're an immoral person who does not actually care about anyone else besides yourself. Okay, You got that? COVID cannot be as very scary as you pretend it is. The rules cannot work as well as you pretend they do. And you are a very good, very responsible citizen of the global community. Those three things can't all be true together if you're breaking the rules whenever you feel like it. Okay? Now, you're like, yeah, but we hardly ever break the rules. You guys break the rules all the time. Yeah, Kami, we do. Why? Because we know the rules are arbitrary and we will tell you exactly how. And we know that COVID isn't as very scary as you're pretending it is. And we'll tell you how on that, too. So we actually don't have the inconsistency and the hypocrisy that you have, Kami. And now if you take that one example and you expand your thinking and start to wonder, hey, where else in my life do I repeat this process? You'll find a whole lot of places, Kami. And then the respectable and honorable thing for you to do would be to admit that you are actually just as happy to break the rules that you know are arbitrary as everyone else is. What we would like, Kami, is for you to stop pretending otherwise. Okay? That's where it all comes to a head. That's the part no one likes. And that's why people will not ever respect you again, literally for the rest of your lives, Kami. I don't understand why people haven't taken on the magnitude of this situation yet. And I'm talking about commies. Obviously, everyone on our side understands the magnitude of this situation, which is why we're paying attention and why we're trying to figure it out and why we're communicating that to other people. The communists don't seem to understand that. And especially like the party of false decorum communists, the people who will be like, hey, hey you, you can't call me a commie like I'm not a commie like I have a Tesla, bro. I can't be a commie and own a Tesla. <laughs> sure, you can't commie. Here's the thing, commie. The cyber symposium starts next Tuesday. And within a matter of days, you will have realized that you were lied to about election fraud. And there will be no going back from that, okay? Because you called election fraud the big lie. And you called the people talking about election fraud domestic terrorists. But the thing is, we've been right the entire time, and we're the ones who have been trying to bring you commies to the point where you can understand what will happen once the country fully understands what has happened. You can continue to deny it all you want. It's not going to get you anywhere. The fact is you're wrong. The fact is you're also wrong about COVID. And the real kicker is, commie, that you've been wrong the entire time, okay? The entire time, the whole thing, all of it, absolutely all of it. There was never, ever, ever a point at which you had a good point, okay? We're going to just forget about even discussing that. And I know for myself 
When commies try to be like, oh, well, yeah, but it was it was totally right back then. Nope. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We told you. We told you. We also told you how, how we got there so that you could have gotten there yourself. Chose not to, okay? You weren't right the entire time until you accepted you were wrong. You were wrong the entire time, okay? And some of you, thankfully, have noticed that in the last nine months, let's say, since the election. Tomorrow will be nine months since that election. Isn't that incredible? But more people are waking up every day. And if you are one of those people, thank you. We are all very grateful for you. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Monday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Welcome back to America. It's going to be a fun ride, but a little rocky. Stay with it, though. Because you are going to come out on the right side and you will get to partake in the American Renaissance so long as you choose to migrate back to America and leave all of those stupid and evil communist ideas behind. That is the price of admission, commies. You can't just have the drug cartels smuggle you in as a favor to Joe Biden. All right. There are standards here on the range. You have to get rid of all the stupid and evil communist ideas. That's all. And then make your amends because let's be honest. Those of you who still think somehow that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. There's not a whole lot of options. Okay. Either you're completely ignorant and have paid no attention at all. Right. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that you're absolutely rock dumb. Okay. You saw the information and it didn't convince you. Okay. That's very, very dumb. The other option is you are just a dyed in the wool malicious commie and you're going to have a hard time. So I'm hoping it's one of the first two things because those two things, you can admit your mistake, make amends with all the people you were terrible to, and then come on back to America. That's a good position for you to be in, relatively. It's not like already being an American or anything. But hey, you were a communist for this entire time. So this is major progress for you. I have said before, and I will say again, the two defining characteristics of the party of false decorum, which is what we're dealing with here, and the global communist crowd, the two defining characteristics, okay? Incompetence and narcissism. That is a very, very dangerous combination of character traits, okay? And yes, it's dangerous to us if these people are in control for a time, okay? But it's not ultimately dangerous because they are incompetent, right? They actually think that they are much, much, much better at doing the things they're doing. They don't realize they're incompetent because they're narcissistic, okay? They actually thought that they could pull all of it off without anyone ever knowing, all right? And that's the really unique thing about this war we're in. You know, wars of the past, a country would just figure out when and how it can dominate the country it's at war with. They would try to destroy that country in kinetic warfare. They would try to get the enemy's secrets. They would go to the intelligence game, right? This is an information war, though. And the information war, the purpose of it is so that people will bring on their own defeat, right? You trick everyone into believing the opposite of reality, that the good guys are the bad guys, that the bad guys are the good guys. The system you know you don't want is the system you definitely do want. That's the whole purpose, all right? That's why it takes them so long. They infiltrate slowly. They trick people a little bit at a time. 
And eventually, we all beg for help from our communist masters, from the globalist masters, from the Chinese Communist Party, from the corrupt politicians in America. We know we can't get the good thing, so we end up begging for a bad thing because our minds have been completely twisted. And that's what they tried to do, okay? And that means that in an information war, their number one weapon, their number one strength is us believing it, right? We have to believe it. We have to participate. Because once everyone realizes, oh, wait, they're trying to take us over. People's feelings, people's opinions about what should be done will change. They realize, oh, wait, we're not actually helping anyone have better lives. We're really just speeding the downfall of our country so that our sovereignty is gone, so that we can be forever controlled by powerful forces who actually hate us. That's what's happening here. So to combat that, what we need is belief in the truth and the spread of the truth. And that's been working really well. It was never going to just be easy to undo six or seven decades of constant misinformation. That can't be easy. Not when it's so deeply embedded in our culture, but that's still what we're accomplishing. And this stuff is coming to a head. You have to understand that. There's a reason why the incompetent narcissists are trying to put people back in masks. And there's a reason why the incompetent narcissists are going to try another lockdown. And that lockdown's only going to work in communist states, if even there. We'll see if places like California and New York and Michigan and Washington, if these people actually stand up for their rights and refuse to be locked down by their communist governors. Hopefully the communist governors don't have the power to accomplish it, but we'll see. They want people to be unable to interact with other people, just like before, okay? I said the lockdowns were ineffective. They weren't real lockdowns. And that's true, all right? Everybody has the idea that if you are just at your house and not interacting with other people, then you won't get COVID or spread COVID, all right? And there's some sense to that, except for the fact that what we did, what we tried, was not that. It was a, I I was going to say half measure, but it's not even a half measure. They just simply decided, oh, these certain businesses, these are essential. So they have to stay open. And people could go to those businesses and people could interact with other people, even on the reduced scale. And that didn't do anything productive at all. It did destroy the economy and it did uh, atomize people. It made it so that they could not be around other people and not understand what other people understood. They couldn't have that face-to-face interaction where someone might say, hey, I, you know that thing you just said, I'm not sure that's quite right. Maybe we should talk about this. People face-to-face are more inclined to talk about that stuff. Online, someone says something dumb and you're like, hey, that's not how it is. And they go absolutely mental. You don't get anywhere with that. So if they can control the paths to information by censoring what you can find on Google or other search engines, and if they can censor your speech on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, then they're making it more difficult or as difficult as they possibly can to make sure people can't give other people information, which is, again, why they don't want people seeing one another in person. It's not going to matter, all right? We have created other directions to make the information flow and our information stream is as pure and as fast and as powerful as it has ever been now they might try 
to shut down the parts of the information stream we believe we have under control at this point, like Telegram. I think Telegram is secure. I don't know. I think it's our best option. It's certainly the best technology in terms of speed and the ability to share and the actual functionality of it. But if Telegram drops out, then we have to move somewhere else. And maybe that's Gab. Maybe that's Getter. But there are still free speech platforms. I've always felt very confident in Gab because Gab is doing its own thing outside of the mainstream institutions, which most other tech companies rely on. I'm not that worried about Gab going down. Could it go down? Sure. I'm not the guy to tell you it can't. But there's a whole lot of reality that will present itself in a much more powerful way within the next 10 or 11 days. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And I really, truth be told, have no doubt that Mike Lindell has what he says he has. Okay? I've said this for a very long time. I have it on good information. And I think that people who are paying attention to this stuff on Telegram now also believe that because Ron Watkins has gotten the same information that I have had for a while. And now he has stopped doubting Mike Lindell's PCAP information as well, which I'm happy about. I'm not happy about the fact that he was so publicly doubtful about it because he was simply not in the loop on it. But he's a real smart guy, and I think his heart's in the right place. And I enjoy him as a character. So, I, you know, I'm not mad about it. It's just like, hey, if you got something, tell us you got something. If you don't have something, don't say that that thing can't be true just because you don't have it. You know, he put out uh, a message over the weekend and was like, if you rob a TV store and get caught, do you have to give the TV back? And it's like, well, yeah, of course you can't keep the TV. Everybody knows that. But the premise that he and a bunch of other people were operating on up till the middle of the night on Saturday was that if the TV gets stolen and the police don't give the entire public their evidence on who stole it and how it was stolen, then that somehow means that they don't have the evidence and don't know who stole it. And that's not what that means at all. All it means is that they have the evidence. They are trying to make the evidence as tight and as irrefutable as possible. And then eventually, when the time is right, to put that evidence out, they will do so. It's not, it doesn't make sense for us in the meantime to assume, oh, they're not showing us the evidence, so it doesn't exist. Okay, Dan in the chat group, like, what? Because you weren't shown the evidence? It probably doesn't exist? No, that's not how it works. All right? And E that character <laughs> online, that one letter character, he must be just as good as Q. It's only one letter. E. He was actually getting like kind of sub information from Code Monkey Z. And I don't even know if they're in touch, but I know that he was kind of just siphoning off Ron's information and then adding his own level of doubt. Like, surely E must be told. It's so silly, all right? But we're past that now, okay? I have virtually, functionally, no doubt whatsoever that Lindell has what he says he has, all right? And at some point, you will all find out why I'm so confident. But let's see this for what it is, all right? Fox News isn't taking Lindell's ad money because they don't want people to know about the cyber symposium. Why? Well, recall that as Arizona's polls were closing, and I feel like it was even before Arizona's polls had closed, 
Fox already announced Arizona as the winner. Even if we believed the false numbers we've been told, Trump only lost Arizona by 10,000 votes out of millions of votes. More than 3.3 million votes. How could Fox have known at that point with only, I think it was like 72 or 73% of precincts reporting? How could they have known that Joe Biden was the winner? Their stats didn't do that. The vote totals didn't do that. The trends didn't do that. They did that. The network did that. And they did that in conjunction with other states stopping the count for the night. And Chris Wallace on Fox News said, oh, well, you know, they're stopping the count because, hey, these are just normal people. You know, it's getting late into the night. It's got to be 930. (laughs) These people need to go home and go to bed. We can't expect them to stay up trying to tell us who the next president is going to be. Chris Wallace is, quote unquote, a serious newsman. So Fox has incentive to not want people seeing the cyber symposium, because what happens at the cyber symposium? Oh, people realize that Fox was lying and people realize that CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and every other communist news outlet in the country was lying and they've all been lying since and yes your senators and your representatives and your governors and your local politicians and everyone else you know who said that election fraud did not happen was lying they were all lying okay now you might be like well yeah okay but like my family said it and they were they're not liars Really? They were definitely mistaken. Can we agree on that? And if you're mistaken about something, that's fine. If you are confidently and arrogantly and angrily mistaken about something of crucial importance, right? Real consequence. Then what difference is it between full-on lying or being dishonest about your certainty. This is the stuff total meltdowns are made of. And they are going to do everything they possibly can to distract from the audits, from the cyber symposium. That's obvious. They're trying to start a war with Iran right now. They just put out a very powerful statement by the very powerful Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, yesterday. Oh, we're sure Iran hit this ship. Oh, okay. I guess we all better pay attention to Iran now. They're going to continue this. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a Black Lives Matter event in the next week. And if and when that happens, everyone will know what it actually is. It is a media show. Okay, just yesterday, I think the headline might have appeared today, but there was someone in Chicago that was restrained by police officers saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Where have we heard that before? Now, they tried to make headlines out of it. I think most people look the other way. That's where we are now. Okay, you cry wolf too many times and people are going to stop listening to your cries. And we're going to see a lot of crying wolf this week about a bunch of different subjects. There will be headlines that in other circumstances would seem like things that will take everyone's attention. They're not going to do that. All right. It's just not going to work. But keep your eyes open for them and pay them the proper amount of attention. Find out what's going on. But as soon as you understand what's going on and how the mainstream media is falsely presenting it, immediately move yourself right back to the audits and the cyber symposium. Okay, I'm not saying ignore everything else. 
I'm saying give it a few minutes. Understand that it's happening and that people will talk about it and then shift your focus back to the audits and back to the cyber symposium. Because, again, the job here for all of us. All right. If we're not out there, you know, joining uh, precinct committees or organizing for election audits the way like the professor is doing. If you're not doing those kind of boots on the ground activities, then I hope what you're doing is spreading the truth to other people. All right. You got to understand the truth to be able to adequately spread the truth and share the truth. You're going to have a whole arsenal of new information next week within the next 10 days, 12 days, let's say. All right. Some of it's going to start coming out this afternoon. But by that point, you are going to have things that you can show to people that they cannot refute and they cannot deny. All right. At that point, it is going to be up to them whether or not to believe the reality in front of them or to continue repeating the slogans. Everyone will reach this point and more people will reach it every day. The speed at which people are waking up is increasing and it will ultimately reach a climax where a whole bunch of people wake up at once. Some people will try to deny it and they will believe the truth in however long it takes them to realize that the other direction spells the end of their sanity forever. And I'm only saying that kind of lighthearted. You have to understand what's going to happen to people's brains. All right. Now, I want to go through this stuff that uh, that Ron Code Monkey Z has been talking about today because it's good and important. All right. So last week I talked about how the Arizona Senate sent subpoenas. Maybe this was I think it was probably 10 days ago. So it might have been the week before they sent subpoenas to the Board of Supervisors and they sent a subpoena to Dominion. And in those subpoenas, they requested the exact same information from both parties about one particular thing. And here it is. This is the thing that the Arizona Senate requested from both parties. All usernames, passwords, pins, and or security keys or tokens required to access or otherwise relating to any and all ballot tabulation devices used in connection with the November 3rd, 2020 general election in Maricopa County. This is specifically for all levels of access, including but not limited to administrator access or any other level of access required to access and print the configuration of the ICP2 devices. All right. So that subpoena must be complied with by 2 p.m. today, and I assume that's Arizona time, which during this part of the year is Pacific time, all right? So that would be 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain. I feel like I'm advertising a network television show. And we can expect that neither of those parties will comply with the subpoena because they want to hold all this stuff back. My understanding of the reason for that is that they believe the auditors and the Lindell cyber team actually need what they have to be able to prove that their information is correct and accurate. Okay. Because the Lindell packet capture information and the information that the Arizona auditors were able to access should match the information that Dominion and the Board of Supervisors believe wrongly that they are protecting, okay? And they believe that as long as they keep this information back and the auditors and Lindell's team are not able to access the information they have, that none of this can be verified. They're going to find out that's wrong. 
And since all of these people are basically low level lackeys for people higher up than them, whether they're in Dominion or they're in uh, the uniparty political apparatus or whether they're leaders of global communism. These low level lackeys like the Board of Supervisors and Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer. I don't think they actually know the position they have been led into. All right. Again, watch Katie Hobbs go on television. Watch Stephen Richer go on television. Watch that Josh Shapiro idiot in Pennsylvania go on television. All of these people actually believe that the organizations who orchestrated the theft of an American election are trustworthy. (laughs) Right? Incompetence and narcissism. People they know are criminals that are trying to take over America, they trust them because they were told, oh yeah, they don't have it. Oh yeah, nobody's ever going to believe that Lindell guy. No, no one, no one has our information. It's impossible to get. Yeah, they can say they have it, but no one's going to believe them. Okay, commies, go with that. But the ultimate question is, hey, commie, what if you're wrong? Why don't they ever consider that? Again, incompetence and narcissism. So let's check out what Code Monkey Z has been saying today because he is right and on the right path. And I can, to the extent you believe me, verify that he is saying the right things. Will Dominion be complying with their subpoena deadline today? What will happen if they don't comply? I guess the answer is obviously no to the first question. I don't entirely know what will happen in relation to the second question. And to that extent, I just mean I don't know if they will be arrested. I don't know if Mark Burnovich, the attorney general of Arizona, will act to enforce those subpoenas. I don't know if any of that stuff's going to happen. Okay. What I do know is that it's not going to matter. And Ron will lead you through the process of understanding why it won't matter. Will the Maricopa County supervisors be complying with their subpoena deadline today? What will happen if they don't comply again? Same answers. No, they almost definitely will not be complying. And we do not know on that side of things what will happen, but we do know it doesn't matter. They are now about two hours from the deadline. Although it'll be different once you hear this. I understand how time works. Confusing the enemy while feigning weakness is a very effective strategy to combat an overly confident opponent. Got that? Consider that. He is calling the opponent overly confident. All right. And their overconfidence is because of their narcissism. Which could be okay. If they were competent, but they're not competent, they thought they were infallibly smart and everyone else was so stupid and so gullible and so weak and so unable to counteract what they were doing that they didn't even really make a contingency plan and they didn't really cover all their bases either. And by the way, I misspoke before. It's 1 p.m. Arizona time for the subpoena. So that's four Eastern, three Central and two Mountain. (laughs) Continuing on with Code Monkey Z, he drops in the 2015 Arizona revised statutes, Title 41 state government. This is Section 41-1153, disobedience of subpoena as legislative contempt. A. If a witness neglects or refuses to obey a legislative subpoena or appearing neglects or refuses to testify, the Senate or the House may, by resolution entered in the journal, commit him for contempt. Okay, that's A. B. 
A witness neglecting or refusing to attend in obedience to a subpoena may be arrested by the sergeant at arms and brought before the Senate or House upon authority of a copy of the resolution signed by the president or speaker and countersigned by the secretary or chief clerk. Okay. If the subpoenas are ignored, they will hold a vote on whether or not to hold them in contempt. If the contempt vote passes and is signed, then the sergeant at arms can arrest the people found to be in contempt. Now, it's unlikely that's going to happen because we know that there are multiple Romneys in the Arizona Senate. Back to Code Monkey. We know they can't pass the contempt vote because Paul Boyer is a rhino and Michelle Ugenti Rita had her feelings hurt when she was recently booed off stage. That's what happened last weekend. From here, it feels like a dead end, but it's not. Karen Fan is expected to pass the ball to uh, Attorney General Brnovich, who will then be able to seize equipment unilaterally. A.G. Brnovich is now running for U.S. Senate, and there is no way people, the people of Arizona will support him if he fumbles the ball. The final results of the Maricopa audit may very well be too big to ignore. And if A.G. Brnovich doesn't act on this with clear confidence, then his political career is effectively over. Cosign. I agree with all of that. Imagine a grandiose lie unraveling over a single password. See, now here's where it gets funny. Why did the Arizona Senate subpoena the password? Did the vendor really think the auditors were incapable of cracking a password? Okay. And now that's Dominion. All right. So he's suggesting that Dominion, through their incompetence and narcissism, believed that their position was insurmountable, all right? They thought they had everything in place. Remember, Joe Biden last fall said that they had created the greatest election fraud system of all time, right? And now he inadvertently spoke the truth there, but what he was trying to say was that they had everything organized. They had the lawyers all over the country. They could stop any challenges. They knew what they were going to do. They were going to run the same election fraud systems that they had run in the past. And then they had the mail-in vote system and the drop boxes and all of that to take care of it after the fact if the original systems didn't work. They thought they were infallible. They were invincible. They had it all. Okay? Turns out that ain't true. And again, we're talking about incompetence and narcissism. All right. So they can do something incompetent and then be like, ah, that's not going to affect us. These people are stupid. They're not going to do anything like, yeah, we could have done that a little better, but they're not going to be able to exploit it. They use that thought process about their passwords. <laughs> they use that process about their passwords. They assume there was no way there would be, for instance, a whistleblower or somebody that might have been not on their side in this whole process that might know their tricks and that might know their passwords and who also might realize that their passwords are not particularly complex and pretty much just only customized to put the state abbreviation into the passwords. And we'll see more of that in the future. And they also must have assumed that no one could figure out their passwords. So right there, you have three different possible ways that their incompetence could lead to their downfall. Simple, simple things. And you don't pay attention to the simple things when you're an incompetent narcissist. Back to Code Monkey. What do you think is behind the supervisor password? Is the supervisor password related to the subpoenaed router in some way? I guess the answer to that is yes. Would I ask such questions if I didn't already know the answers? Good question, Code Monkey Z. Except for the fact that you were kind of asking questions like this last week when you did not know the answers. But anyway, all good. In all these months, why is a high-level Dominion sysadmin, that means systems administration, whistleblower, Never taken a step forward. Well, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about an interview with Dr. Frank, 
where he specifically said that they did have whistleblowers from around the country. And they've also monitored elections since Mike Lindell was able to get his information in January. But they also might have monitored elections even before that. In fact, it might be the case that they monitored the November election as well. Are we going to find that out? Yeah, Kami, that's what we're going to find out. How are you going to refute it? <laughs> well, you're not going to. That's the answer. So good luck with it, Kami. You hold your ground. We'll see how it works. And, you know, Ron is still posting. Just a few moments ago, he posted a screenshot of the configurations in the admin panel for a Dominion machine. Man, how did he get those? Now he's got this document with the RAID and BIOS settings. That's weird. And he writes, a whistleblower has stepped forward. Today, the tides turn. Our whistleblower is not from Arizona. Our whistleblower is from one of the many other states that use the Dominion software. Our whistleblower went to excruciating effort to detail and archive everything possible. Our whistleblower was trusted enough to be given instructions on how to modify the BIOS. Today, we will know what is behind the supervisor password. Won't that be fun? Today, we will know what they're hiding on the router. Again, sounds like a good time to me. Our whistleblower is a hero. Our whistleblower is a patriot. Our whistleblower had access to all the passwords. Our whistleblower took pictures of what was locked behind those passwords. Thanks, whistleblower. Hopefully one day we get to find out who you are so we can all thank you. In the meantime, I'm thanking you. Now let's think about these subpoenas, okay, in kind of a different way. We imagine the subpoena to be the thing that will deliver us the information so that we can then check to see the information that we already have is true. And by we, I mean the Lindell side of things, our side of things, the election fraud side of things, okay? It's a very large royal we. I could be specific about it and mean the cyber team, right? But the idea is that we need this information that they're subpoenaing from the Board of Supervisors and from Dominion. But if we don't, then the subpoena is for another purpose, okay? The subpoena is to see how far these people are willing to go. How many crimes will they be willing to commit? Let's see if anyone steps forward. They probably won't, which means all of them are screwed that much harder because it's not just the election stuff. Now they've also done the thing with the subpoena. So we can see that they're acting in bad faith. These people's lives are over. They will not be able to walk down the street. There's a reason why people say that. Okay. It's even worse for Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer because they've been on TV so much that everyone knows what they look like. Especially with Stephen Richer, who basically looks like the singer of Prodigy in the Firestarter video, and Katie Hobbs, who looks like she got her hair done at Hot Topic. But in terms of timing and in terms of how this will unfold, the question to be asked is, why did Ron get this information today? And why is he putting it out today? All right. This is a message. And he even alludes to this in what he's putting out on Telegram today. He says these messages may not be for you. Right. So who are they for? This is a shot across the bow to Dominion to the Board of Supervisors, and to everyone else. And keep in mind, he's doing this before the subpoena deadline. All right? He is forcing them to react. So the question is, when does the enemy know it's in checkmate? This entire time, they have been too incompetent and too narcissistic to realize that they have lost and that nothing can stop what is coming. All right. That's a fact. It doesn't matter where that phrase originated. Okay. Nothing can stop what is coming. 
The truth about the election will be known and is known. Now they are telling Dominion that they have a whistleblower. They have everything. It doesn't matter if Dominion complies. It doesn't matter who Dominion sues. And it doesn't matter what the Arizona, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors does. Again, they're low-level lackeys. They were given the opportunity to do the right and patriotic thing. And they declined the opportunity. Think about what that means, right? All of us, we've been on some level tortured or frustrated or angered by the fact that it seems like nothing is happening and that the country is getting stripped from us. That's where we've all been. They have all known this the entire time. And they could have acted on behalf of the country rather than on behalf of themselves. And they chose not to. Now, some of them might have made some sort of deal. Maybe they're just playing along. It's possible. It doesn't need to be necessary, though. And I think when people propose that there are just a bunch of people who are playing roles, that never settles right with me. I think that the way this stuff goes down is that what's planned for is a moment of decision on the part of every person on the enemy side, right? If they do one thing, the reaction is this. If they do the other thing, then you move in the other direction on the decision tree. But the end result is unchanged. It's just a matter of whether or not people will make the right choice when it comes their time to choose. And what we've seen so far there's plenty that we have not seen, and I'm not saying that I know what those things are. I don't. There's plenty that we have not seen, so I'm not going to be surprised if this doesn't apply to every situation. But what we can see and what we have seen is that people continue to choose wrong in those situations because they believe that they can lie and deny and cover up everything, but they can't, and they never could, and if they were smart and had some sort of humility about the thing they were doing, then they would have known that. It wasn't that hard for them to have figured out. And like the incompetent narcissists they are, they are bound to make more mistakes between now and the end of the cyber symposium. And I think one of the mistakes that they may make is focusing only on the cyber symposium, not realizing that the Arizona stuff can drop before that. And again, I'm not working on special information here. This is just what I see and what I think and what I have thought about as a possibility. If Arizona drops what they have and that becomes news before the cyber symposium, it's going to be real hard to distract people from the cyber symposium. They're going to actually have to rearrange their plans once again. Because again, these people are incompetent, all right? My theory, again, theory, speculation, understand? Everybody? Is that they're going to pull off some false flag, wag the dog type of events closer to the end of this week. They're going to want people not to be focused on the cyber symposium. Could even be Monday of next week. But if the Arizona stuff drops, before they get their nonsense narratives out there, we could be looking at an entirely different situation in a very short amount of time. I'm real interested to see how the Arizona Senate responds once the Board of Supervisors and Dominion fail to comply with the Senate subpoena. A lot of stuff could start happening immediately after that. I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up about timelines. But this is only going in one direction. It's good to be confident. All right. It's not good to think nothing could go wrong, which is why we need to understand and we need to communicate all of this. They're going to try to make it difficult to communicate. They're going to try to distract people. They're going to try to lock down. They're going to try to do all of this stuff. And then we get the riots eventually and people will be masked because of COVID. That seems to me to be the state of play right now. 
as best as I can discern it. All right. It's also possible that this takes a while longer, that people just don't wake up all the way. But I think that we are pretty much there. And we all know that election fraud is not a big lie. Election fraud happened. Trump won by a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay. If Lindell's information is correct, then when Lindell says because of the machines, the Trump tally of 80 million to 68 million was changed into a Biden 81 million, Trump 75 million, 74 million, whatever it was, margin. All right. A difference of six or seven million Biden win to a 12 million Trump win. That's 18 or 19 million votes that were switched by the machines. And that is only one type of fraud. This stuff is on a scale that is too big to deny. And people will do so at their own peril. Honestly, they're going to be giving away their reputation forever. And you're going to find tons of commies willing to do that. They're going to be so excited to do it. There's no way that's true. You're stupid for believing it. Okay, commie, go with that. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm your moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!